Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525 when it comes to your investments and retirement in this economy it's important to be smart and with the smart investor hour heard right here on am 1420 the answer you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing so sit back listen and learn with your host of the smart investor hour tim hayes of rbc wealth management good morning everybody i uh, Hope your week was good. Mine was long. <laughs> anyway, a couple quotes to get us uh, started. Never give in, never give in, never, never, never in nothing, great or small, large or petty, never give in except to the convictions of honor and good sense. Winston Churchill gave a very similar speech to that uh, at, at Oxford. Got a 20-minute standing ovation. Whatever you do, don't play it safe. Don't do thing the way they've always been done. Don't try to fit the system. If you do what's expected of you, you'll never accomplish more than others. I think it's Howard Schultz and he knows. A great flame follows a little spark. Uh, I can't remember who the poet was that did that or not, but uh, anyway. So we always talk about our uh, webpage. So if you go, if you Google or Bing Tim Hayes Radio, I show up. Uh, they got a picture of me. Remember, you know it's mine because I'm right below it. It's uh, buy low, sell high. Uh, it's got a lot of good information on there. Uh, you know, we've been talking about interest rates staying low for longer. We've probably been right on that. Uh, our Market Week uh, newsletter, our daily technical analysis, it's all good stuff. If you'd like to sign up for any of our things, I got a new piece this, this month. So uh, two, two things I'll, I'll recommend. Uh, number one uh, is our newsletter. comes out. This is non-financial financial information, Okay. Like, for example, time for a mid-year investment check, managing your money in a gig economy, charitable giving, you know, that type of thing. Uh, That's this month's uh, newsletter. Also, uh, we have our dividend growth portfolio, our prime income list. Uh, Our prime income list yields like 4%, 4 4.3%. And dividends are taxed, not, you know, CDs are taxed at regular tax rates. These are taxed at, uh, at 18%. 15% 15% plus the 3% Obamacare tax, unless they've got rid of that. I don't think they have. Uh, we also have our ADR list, which I'd like just to tell you that, you know, I started talking about that a couple months ago, and uh, it's now up 17.2% for the four months ended April. So uh, that's Alan Robinson, our Englishman, who's done a really, really good job. I keep telling people, write in for rewriting retirement. It's one of the best pieces RBC's ever done. I'll just leave it at that. Got a new one, though. Uh, our healthcare conference. We have both days one and two. Uh, healthcare is very, very cheap right now, and I think uh, you know politicians say anything they want, but uh, you know they can poo-poo stuff. But you know Bill Clinton took an experimental stroke truck, uh, from what I understand, and uh, he didn't pay for it. Uh, so who's going to pay for all this research? You know, you, you got to let these guys make a profit, and a good one, by the way. It's nothing wrong with making a profit. We're state. We're living longer. You know, the average male they think is going to fifty percent of the males will live past eighty eighty four. Back when FDR started Social Security, the average male died at forty six. That's almost double your lifespan. The average female is 
is living to 93 years, or 50% of the females are living to 93. They, uh, the reason they had Social Security is because they would die at 56 back when FDR was around. So they're doing amazing stuff. Uh, and the health care conferences, uh, I, I'm seeing health care stocks break out. Okay, maybe not the drug companies yet, but the, the health care companies, the med tech companies, those type of thing. And I think biotech will follow them. So um, just one fact this week. Uh, the average car on the road today is 11.7 years old. You know, I got to do this because I, I had a, uh, several clients send these in, and th- these are just things to think about. Uh, isn't it weird that, Amer- that in an American flag, our culture offends so many people, but our benefits don't? How can the federal government ask U.S. citizens to pay back student loans when illegal aliens are receiving free education? I didn't write these folks. I'm just saying them on the air. Only in America are legal citizens labeled racist and Nazis, but eagle, illegal aliens are called dreamers. Liberals say if conf- confiscating all guns saves just one life, it's worth it. Well, then, if deporting all illegals saves one life, is it really worth it? <laughs> it goes on like that. Anyway, I, I had seven or eight people, and I promised one of them I'd, I'd say it on the air. So um, fixed income. You know, I've been talking about uh, the bond yields and all that good stuff for some time now. And this this week, uh, in dynamic asset level investing that our friends Dorsey Wright uh, provide us with, fixed income jumped over commodities. All right. And that's interesting because uh, it's now no, they're number three. So we have 26.9% of the votes to domestic equities, 229 to international, and 146 to uh, fixed income. And, you know, I've been looking at fixed income, and, I, you know, look, I I said uh, that Bob Dickey thought we'd go to 2.2 before we went to 3 again. And, boy, uh, we got a 2.08 handle right now and uh, got down to 2.65 on Friday. So uh, things are getting interesting. But it's it's what's what's really interesting is, is if you look uh, and you look at some of the investment-grade corporates, the yield curve has actually – uh, <laughs> well, it, it's got more, um, what's the best way to put this? Uh, well, it, it looks like it's, it, it's like a normal yield curve. Now the treasury yields different, uh, that that's for sure. But, uh, you know, we're looking at a regular yield curve, uh, on, on the, on the, both the high yield and the municipals and also the corporates, uh, and, and, so it, it it'll be interesting to see uh, what's going on there. But you know, look, I think a couple things. What um, we're seeing, um, we're seeing low volatility portfolios outweigh high volatility portfolios, and I think that's going to. I think technology has going to pause for a while, and a pretty good long while. That's my opinion. Nobody else's. But I would suggest that, you know, you have to look at these stuff. And, I'm, you know, junk bonds, I said two weeks ago, three weeks ago, that I was worried about them a little bit. But there's been a big retreat from them. Net outflows have been big, and there's been a lot of selling. Uh, they came back in on Friday, which is interesting. Um, but the rates, uh, you know, they're no longer flat on the, on the corporate side and on the municipal side. So it would be interesting to see uh, what's going on, you know. <laughs> Uh, so, so we no longer have that. You know, it's just in the treasuries that we're seeing this inverted yield curve. Um, 
So we're seeing low volatility, i.e. value, start to outperform. And what I mean by that is uh, some of the portfolio laggards are starting to pick up. I did see a couple other things. Global stocks have really done, uh, they've come back bottom and start to head back up again, which is interesting. And the bullish percent for the -the over-the-counter index, the small cap stocks, uh, fell into a column of O's this week, as did the the equity funds. So there we go. Now, when it comes to the stock stock market, sentiment can change quickly and sometimes regardless of fundamentals and affect the performance, okay? The healthcare sector has historically delivered some attractive investments. And once again, their political concerns have people overly bearish again. So that's a sector I'd, I'd tend to look at. All right, so I've been talking about uh, retirement, and uh, you know, look, I think uh, the next big thing we got to talk about is claiming Social Security, uh, claiming early and get you can get less, or claim later and get more, and that's a scenario you kind of have to put together yourself. Uh, they do have the ability to 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 do uh, you can you can compute the impact, I should say, it's Social Security online, uh, so. That's something I would do if I were you. Uh, will Social Security be around when you retire? You know, a lot of people think it's it's paid in full till uh, 2034, and then you still get 85% of your uh, uh, money. Now, health care and retirement is another big expense. And, uh, you know, the top expenses is housing, health care, taxes, transportation, and travel. The biggest risk is inflation. So the problem is, is that we're living longer, like I said. So it's it's a higher cost to you. So you better get to know the Medicare basics, and I have a a, a page or a couple pages of that that you can get to to, to read. Uh, you got to know what the difference between parts B and D. Uh, you you got to know you know you're going to pay a premium if you're a higher income earner. Uh, so I I think you got to mind your health care gap, the difference between you know what Medicare pays and what you're going to get. So. Um, you know, you got to look at a health savings account, probably uh, supplemental health plans if you need them. Uh, you know that type of thing. So, uh, look, uh, HSAs offer some three valuable benefits, and I, I think you know if you t- hundred dollars a month for twenty years in a health savings account, you can really do well if if you're allowed to. Okay. So I, the other thing I think you got to do in retirement is plan for the unexpected. Um, you know. Unfortunately, uh, as you get older, uh, you know, getting old ain't for wimps, as they say. But the, the, you got to think about the financial impact of memory decline and dementia. Uh, who's going to be the family caregiver? Do you have long-term care? And most people don't have long-term care, and they probably won't have it until they it's too late. Uh, and then housing, I think, you know, you really got to – what kind of lifestyle, what can you handle as you get older and that type of thing? And it's it's, it's not an easy thing to do. Then, finally – what I'd be do is taking a look at my estate. Uh, I look at estate essentials is what I call them, uh, and and that's you know, personal possessions, savings, investments, you know, digital assets, that type of thing. Uh, and remember, taxes matter, uh, and and you got to figure out whether you need a trust or not, you know, that type of thing. Uh, and there, there's some interesting information about it, and there's some there's also some special considerations for what I call modern time and women. Uh, women are are living longer than men. About that simple, and uh, also we have a lot of differences in modern families now. We have divorce, we have remarriage, uh, all sorts of stuff, and and I think you got to be careful with that. Now, if you're a business owner, you've got to be more. Do you have a you know? Do you have a buyout clause uh, with a partner? You know, so there's a lot of insurance that can do that for you, but we have people that can do that. They're wonderful people at uh, at RBC to do that. 
And then uh, also, uh, by the way, there's even more. So like, you know, farmers, there's all, all sorts of stuff you have to do. So I think uh, the key financial pillars are you accumulate and, and grow in your wealth, funding your lifestyle, protecting what's important to you, and leaving a lasting legacy. So uh, there we go. All right. Uh, just a couple more things. Um, I, I had a lot of questions about insurance contracts, and uh, I, I think they're okay. I think that what they should be doing, by the way, is paying the gray area between what you think you have and what you really want to spend every month. Because <laughs> I, I find that the, uh, the the real problem. Now, uh, we did a piece this week called Which Industries and Stocks Are Most Likely to Be, be Impacted by a Trade War? And the most negative are auto parts, chemicals, coatings, department stores, and railroads. The neutral are banks, biotechnology, business, cable and telecom, communications infrastructure, uh, payers, home builders, Internet media, life, life insurance, machinery, medical supplies, devices, oil services, refineries, REITs, real estate investment trusts, software, specialty pharma, and U.S. asset managers. So, uh, the, you know, you want to stay away from the very negative and stay with the neutral group. There's no real positive, nothing positive about it at all. So, uh and you know what? I think we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. Uh, stay tuned. This is Smart Investor Show. Isn't it time to create a relaxing space to be used for making family memories? Klein has a wide variety of decking, railing, and design materials available. Klein Home Exteriors will come up with a custom design that will be the best fit for your home and your budget. Klein honors God in all that they do, so you know that you will get the best products and services. Call Klein today for your free consultation at 330-601-2749 or go to KleinHomeExteriors.com. Klein Home Exteriors, your home exterior experts. So, along with everything else you have to do day-to-day running your business, you're trying to manage your digital marketing and social media. It's a lot of heavy lifting. How can you compete? Well, first, lighten the load. Get in touch with Salem Surround. We take the mysteries of digital marketing off your shoulders and deliver customers so you can run your business. To compete in today's business world, you must utilize every digital marketing tool possible. But who has the time to research, learn, and access all the options? Our team at Salem Surround has the expertise to manage all your digital marketing under one roof. It's easy, and there's no heavy lifting. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. There really are no limitations on how and where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total marketing. Market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more at surroundcleveland.com. Surroundcleveland.com. Connecting you with new customers. At RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we're back. If you just tuned in, this is the Smart Investor Show. Remember, if you don't, if you didn't hear the whole part of the uh, first part of the show or you uh, you can't, you know, you're, you're on the car and you want to re- hear the rest of the show, uh, you're just doing errands. you got to run into Home Depot, whatever it may be. Uh, remember, you can go to WHK 1420 AM and uh, go to local podcasts. Go down to Tim Hayes. 
and you can hear everything. By the way, that goes directly to my webpage. So if you want to get the healthcare conference details or the dividend growth portfolio, the prime income list, or newsletter, uh, or ADR list. Uh, by the way, an ADR is an American depository receipt. So what you have is a foreign company with its shares deposited over here so you don't have tax problems, okay? So uh, I had a question this week from uh, Mick, and Mick t- said, Tim, why don't you ever talk about covered calls? Um, mostly because the average investor doesn't understand them. And uh, covered calls are a great way to make money. The problem is is uh, often uh, clients tend to uh, think that you're churning them or something like that when – what a covered call is, is you buy the stock and then write a call option against it. So you actually bring the money in. When you write something, you bring the money in. When you buy something, you're hoping it's either going up or down, okay? So you write the call option and bring the money in. So let's say you bought the stock at 14 and wrote the 17 and a half calls for a dollar. So, you know, basically, if the stock goes to 17 and a half, you've sold it for 18 and a half. Uh, but if it doesn't go anywhere, your static return can be quite significant over time. And uh, it's a good way to generate income. Uh, it, 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 the problem is a lot of people get upset because their stock gets called away. All right. So <laughs> uh, that's that's uh, Mick. That's why I don't talk about it as much. Uh, I do have people using it quite a bit. So uh, I'm not afraid to, to, to do it. And I, I've got like 20 names right now that I, I would uh, qualify under those terms. Okay. So anyway, uh, we had Dan Shurness on, and Dan is uh, one of the top global strategists in the world. Uh, so he, he works for us, and he had some, I'm just going to just talk about his key conclusions, and he said, Ec- economic data has been underwhelming, underwhelming, and leading indicators of growth have been slipping in almost every major region all year long. And he says it's clear that the economy has slowed from relatively quick pace experienced in 2017 and 18. However, the Purchasing Managers Index in the U.S. remains in expansionary territory, and while the business cycle is advanced and some indicators are flagging concern, an intimate end to the cycle is not yet obvious. Okay? His second point was, our constructive outlook is not without risk. Uh, protectionism is arguably the largest threat to expansion and negotiations between the world's two largest economies are tense. Uh, while it appears the U.S. and China we're making progress toward a trade deal early in the year. Talks have broken down, and, you know, the rest is history. Uh, and against this mic- mixed macroeconomic backdrop, central banks have been cautious. Mo- most major banks have abandoned their prior tightening intentions with inflation calm. They are uh, patiently waiting to see how the economy unfolds prior to taking further action. Uh, government bonds rallied in all major regions. You know, we were just at 3.2 uh, in January. We're at 2.08, and I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that made a lot of money on Treasury bonds. Uh, in equities, the, the solid rally that investors enjoyed in early 2019 has stumbled, and after four months of interrupted gains, markets slipped between 3 and 10% from the recent peaks. Uh, he, he says, our global, market, uh, global composite of stock market valuations suggest equities remain near uh, – or remain below fair value, I'm sorry. So they're still cheap. That's what it comes down to. So uh, while expanding valuations uh, could support higher stock prices, investor confidence rebounds. He thinks the profits are there, but, uh, you know, you need some help basically from uh, people who are uh, looking into uh, 
are working with the government. Let's put it that way. Uh, so he, he's he's cautiously bullish, let's say, and and that's that's what I got out of the the call. And uh, I would say Dan has made some really really great calls in the past, and so I would uh, you know take the last two minutes and and digest it very very carefully because uh, he's 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 you know been rated as one of the best in the world for some some years. So. Everybody's asking me, Tim, why are you, why are you, why are we still in the market? Why aren't you bearish? And look, I, I have been saying for some time now we're going to be sloppy. Now, what I am seeing is a lot of money come out of Fang stocks. Okay, a lot of money, and up until Thursday, and then they bounce back up. Now, I don't know what happened in Washington, but uh, they were all they were all supposed to go on stage and uh, you know do. You know, why shouldn't we be broken up talk? And uh, obviously the market didn't think it was as bearish as it was. But still, the the you know, most of the major FANG stocks have made lower highs. And lower highs mean that supply is coming at a lower level. And a demand supply situation, which the stock market is, that's not a good thing. Uh, we, I think... You know, what, what I'm reading, okay, this is Tim Hayes only. I, I think you'll probably see the weekly data bottom in uh, the third quarter. Now, we may also have a problem, you know, I mean, if the Fed raises a lowers rates because, you know, we've, we've had this huge bond rally. I mean, it's a 33% gain in the bond market, uh, you know, from just 3.2%, which isn't exactly, uh, you know, a huge number. Um uh, so we should start to bottom, and I think we'll start to see some positive divergences in that third quarter, and then the fourth quarter, I think, might be pretty good. In addition, I think you know currencies are beginning to show a very little, uh, ev- uh, some early evidence, I should say, of moving in the right direction. The dollar broke uh, the little uptrend it's been in, and and it it's still, you know, it's still not holding. Uh, it was down Friday again, so uh, bond buyers. Uh, I'd be stepping away from the government bonds for sure. Uh, the high yield bonds have, you know, got hammered uh, in the last two weeks, so that might be a place to go. But I'd stay away from Treasuries for sure, and and CDs. By the way, they rallied too. I think there's uh, there's some cycle risks, but you got to weigh those versus the opportunities out there. And I think there's some good ones. So uh, uh, don't lose perspective. You know, the four year cycle remains positive. I've been talking about that. I haven't talked about that for a while, but you know. The four-year cycle, remember, once you go sideways for a while and you break out, you know, the average move is about 30%. So, uh, you know, we've been in this cycle for a while, and then we've been in the, the sideways movement of the cycle. But once we break, it'll probably happen all at once, and you won't, you, you'll be on the sidelines. Um, technology, the leadership is there, but it, it's often the last to correct. I did notice this week that materials were up 8%. Healthcare you know, several big-time healthcare stocks broke out to new highs. Uh, these are med tech companies, by the way. Um, I, uh, semis keep revisiting the same bottom again and again, so that's good. I haven't seen anything in industrials, but I, I did see basic materials, and I didn't see anything in, you know, what will probably happen is uh, financials will start to turn up once the Fed goes away. But don't forget the four-year cycle because a, a good deal of the move – is at the beginning of the four-year cycle. And, and you know, we hit it last, uh, I don't know, uh, January of 2018. We started it. So we should be getting close to it where we, we take off. Uh, and I, what I am seeing is 
you know, we're getting pretty oversold on a weekly chart on the S&P 500. And uh, the the quadrant balance data is really down quite low. So, uh, you know, you, you might have a decent rally coming up here. And then I think we, you know, it's going to be just a slight rally and then come back one more time. Um, the S&P broke below 2,800, and that kind of confirmed the downtrend. So that was kind of surprising. Um, you know, I look at the small cap stocks, and the one thing I'll say, you know, they're very oversold. They're going to get oversold more, but the relative performance versus the S&P 500 is just not there. Uh, now, the global markets have made kind of a double bottom uh, versus uh, uh, the S&P 500. And we touted them for a while, then we uh, shut our mouths for about uh, two weeks. And now they looks like they're, they're right where they should bottom again and start to turn up. Uh, I'm talking about the emerging markets now, okay? Uh, but we're also seeing some things. In the like the big ADRs, uh, there's been some money flowing into those this, this last uh, couple of weeks. So, well, actually, since April 1st, it was a big move. The other thing I'd suggest is the sentiment. You know, if you look at the um, uh, two, two things, the Citicorp uh, economic surprise is, is is negative but bottoming, okay? And then the sentiment backdrop, the American Association of Individual Investors dropped to 25. That's a pretty, that's a lower number than it was uh, just several years ago. So uh, 25, you know, you worry about that when it gets to 60, and it's not even close. So uh, uh, I, actually, it's 24.79 is what it got to. Uh, so th- that's worth noting, and, and uh, you know, that happened this week. Now, the 10-year bond yields have gone straight from 3.2% at the beginning of this year to 2.065, I think is where it hit the bottom today, uh, Thursday uh, or Friday. I can't remember which one. But that's a that's a 62% retracement, which is a Fibonacci number. And if you don't know who Fibonacci was, you, you should know him. And I'm looking at the daily uh, relative strength momentum, and they're very, very oversold. So I wouldn't be buying Treasury bonds right now is what I'm trying to tell you. Now, the dollar did break its uptrend line dating back to the beginning of 2018. This is a short-term uptrend line. But it did break through there, and, uh, you know, I, I imagine it'll go down and test again, which would probably be positive for gold, oil, basic materials, I think some health care. Uh, it, it'll also be good for international stocks, some of the, uh, you know, and a lot of the consumer staples in our international stocks. So there we go. Now, crude went a lot farther down than I expected. Um it's right. It's also had a 62% retracement, a 61.8 to be exact, and it's right where uh, it has major support, so it should hold. Gold, uh, the relative performance versus the S&P 500 is starting to pick up, but it hasn't it hasn't broken out yet. So we got to watch that. Uh, I think the big breakout would be uh, over 13.65, and I'm seeing some sector rotation. And um, if I look bottom up, stock by stock. I think what I'd see is the improving areas are financials, utilities, REITs, staples, and healthcare, and the weakening is discretionary technology and energy. Now, energy should be in that value group that we keep talking about here, but the financials uh, look, you know, the, the, they've been in a downtrend versus the S&P 500 since the beginning of 2018, and now are starting to turn the corner. Uh, technology, its relative performance versus the S&P 500 has kind of broken down a little bit here. Uh, we did see semiconductors kind of turn up a little bit. And if I looked at the, the daily momentum, it's very oversold. So that might be a, a pretty place to go. But um, 
Is this your year to replace windows? Well, let's simplify window shopping. You deserve a quality product at a fair price. I'm with my friend Bill from Empire Window Company. Well, Len, we're a local company. We've had the pleasure of serving Northeast Ohio for almost 60 years now. We've been in business longer than most of our competitors put together. You probably have somebody in your neighborhood with Empire Windows. And right now, I know you've got some special offers going on. With Windows, we have buy two, get two free. Buy four, get four free. Buy eight, get eight free. There's no limit. And if you're looking for the flexibility, we have up to 36 months financing available at this time. If you're siding your home this year, Empire Window Company has sided a lot of homes. And, Bill, you've got a great offer. Now, there's a big difference in quality of siding. We're offering top quality siding. And currently, we're running 35% off with free gutters. Call Empire Window Company at 877-70-EMPIRE. 877-70-EMPIRE. And get in on these special offers. You deserve a fair price call now empire window company 877-70 empire i lost my brother i lost my sister i lost my best friend each year ohio loses some of its best and brightest to train car accidents everyone knows that crossing is bad stop signs and cross bucks just aren't enough how can you help report bad crossings at angelsontrack.org that's angelsontrack.org Because bad crossings kill good drivers. Sponsored by Angels on Track, aired by OAB and this station. When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. Okay, we're back. Uh, If you just tuned in, uh, the bullish percent is uh, something we've been following for 25 years now. And what it does is is it allows you a certain amount of, you know, uh, uh, the ability to gauge the risk in the market, okay? Uh, so it, it's a chart that goes from zero to 100. And it was designed by some, some people who were uh, trained by Charles Dow. And uh, Mr. Dow was a, quite a chartist, by the way. And he kind of invented point-and-figure charting. And uh, this is X's and O's. And everybody says, I'm not going to let X's and O's determine my portfolio. Well, you shouldn't to a great extent, but you should pay attention when uh, the risk monitor says, look out below, okay? Now, a lot of things go into this uh, chart, like, uh, you know, back in the uh, the 2007-2008 era, uh, dynamic asset level investing showed that domestic equities were very lo- were the lowest form. Uh, they were lowest on the totem pole, okay? And uh, th- that's when you want to be careful. Now, right now, they're number one, uh, but... Uh, you can see, you know, it turned down a couple weeks ago, and we got hammered pretty hard. It, you know, May, it, t- it turned down April 29th, and May we were down 6%. So it was a tough uh, um, month in the market, and, uh, you know, take it from there. Now, this week we had something happen, uh, and that's the 10-week for the New York Stock Exchange reversed up into a column of Xs. It got all the way down to 26, and that's the first sign of good news Uh but the bullish percent itself from last Thursday to this Thursday was down four and a half percent. They shot a lot of stocks. They took them behind the barn and shot them. Okay. The over the counter index was down 3.1% or 3.3% and broke 
uh, into a column of O's. So now when, it, when we're talking about a column of O's, this, this chart goes from 0 to 100, and when we get over 70, that's the, the red-hot area. Get below 30, that's, the, you know, that's when you want to be paying attention, you know, getting ready to buy. And when we go into a column of X's, that's when the offensive team's on the field. Right now, we're in a column of O's, so the defensive team's on the field. Now, we're at 41, so, you know, 30's the promised land, all right? So you don't want to get too bearish at this point, but you want to make sure. You know, get a list of what you want to buy. That'd be the first thing I'd do. Second thing is, you know, make sure my stock's acting right, okay, holding, holding well. Uh, the world index was down 2 to 36, and it's in a column of O's, too. So we really didn't have any great things occur this week. Um, I will say this, is that I looked at the S&P 500, and it held the March low of 2730, uh, which was, you know, seen, that's the first 5% pullback of 2009. Uh, so, you know, we we basically said uh, in April to, you know, last day of April, say, hey, the, the, the bullish percent turned down, and it, it hit it right on the nail. But fixed income, uh, you know, became strong, and it's mostly on the treasuries. Uh the yield curve is is not inverted in corporate bonds or municipal bonds, okay? So uh, you certainly don't want to buy treasuries or CDs kind of map those, by the way. Uh, you don't want to buy CDs right now. I'll be looking at short-term to mid-term municipal bonds. And what I mean by that is, you know, the three- to seven-year period. Uh, and, and corporates, uh, high yields got destroyed. And, you know, high yield is kind of a uh, uh, an area that trades ex- – you know, it's kind of a stock surrogate, so it trades just like the stock. So you want to be careful. But the fact that the S and P held so far is very, very positive. Um, and if you look in in from 2010 on, we've been averaging peak to trough moves during five percent pullbacks, about eight eight and three quarters percent. So we're we're about uh, two thirds of the way there. I did notice that we've had negative momentum on all the indexes for five weeks, uh, and with some of the frontier indexes uh, was eight weeks. Uh, the EEM, which is the uh, emerging markets, was five weeks. So anywhere you look, it's five weeks <laughs> since, you know, basically May. Um, look, the past few weeks in the market have been very active, to say the least. But looking back during the time, the, the net movement was to the upside, which is interesting, uh, especially in the foreign markets. Uh, you know, the EEM was up 2.69% in those five weeks. So uh, that move we talked about to some of the foreign stocks was probably a pretty good idea. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not uh, I'm not sure exactly, uh, you know, when to buy that. I've, I bought it a while back. I don't know when to buy more of it, but uh, it's because it's up a little bit. Uh, but I think, you know, one of the indicators you can look at is look at a couple of the Chinese stocks and just keep them on your screen or keep them on your iPhone and if they break out to the north, you know, you know, first of all, the trade pack's probably done because they, they probably have insider information over in China. Uh, and and that's that's what I'd be looking at. And then I'd add to my Chinese position probably. But this week, uh, you know, we looked at the bullish percent of all the groups and we only have five sectors that are positive. So we're down from 29. Back in January of 2018 to five. So it's been, it's been tough. One of those is electric utilities at seven. Uh, the next one was waste management, which tends to be anti-cyclical. Fifth is medical stocks, and they're, they're at 50. Uh, protection services are at 40. And then at 35 is telecom. 
we do have a lot of stocks underneath 30. Now, these are not favored. There's only five favored sectors now. Remember that. So these, what we're going to be looking for is these stocks to turn up. There's steel, chemicals, textiles, automobiles, drugs, retail, oil service, oil, and precious metals. I would consider 90% of those value stocks. So it'll be interesting to see what happens coming up here. You know, healthcare is in bull confirmed status. Uh, so that that's an area that's cheap and, uh, you know, look, looks kind of good. I'd, I'd stay with the medical tech stocks versus uh, the, the actual healthcare stocks. Uh, but I looked at all the sectors. The Internet went to negative. I'm very, very negative. Uh, just negative, negative was drugs, steel, textiles, and biotech and transportation. On the average side was software, housing, and aerospace. So uh, a lot of stuff going on. Now, if you look at the U.S. dollar versus the Mexican peso, it broke out big this week. Um, while the rest of you know the dollar index, uh, where it's indexed against uh, 10 other major currencies, actually broke down. So that's kind of interesting. So you see some appreciation in the U.S. dollar versus the peso, which is a hindrance to Mexican equities. Uh, and if you look at the EWW, which is the Mexican ETF, uh, it moved lower over the past couple of weeks and, and broke a double bottom just this week, broke the uptrend line, too. So uh, I don't think Mexico's until, you know, Monday we'll find out. But, uh, you know, that's when they're going to tell them if they, they're putting the tariffs on or not. Now, there has been such strong demand for the U.S. Treasuries. Uh, it is really, I mean, it's, it's been an amazing uh, watch. <laughs> the And if you looked at the core AGG bonds, you know, they went up almost uh, 12 X's. They put 12 X's on the chart in just a month. And that's, that's big as far as I'm concerned. Um, the other thing is the recent action has been risk off with fixed income markets. And if you look at the, the 10 year spread, which measures the spread between high yield corporate bonds and U S treasuries, it broke a double top at 420 this week. Uh, so what you're seeing is high yield uh, is not doing very well. It's getting beat up. Uh, so, the most negative scores among fixed income are are high yield and convertible bonds. Uh, they were just the strongest group a month ago. Okay, so uh, I think that you know, if if you're looking for a rebound, that's the two areas that I would be paying very close attention to. In my humble opinion, anyway, uh, you know, buy yield when it's up, and if high yields the yield goes up anymore, you want to pay close attention. Now, oil uh, just got pummeled and. Um, I, I really wasn't expecting that. I, you know, I, I hit the it, it hit my price target, and I thought it was going to go sideways, and then it got it got cracked. So it's had six weeks of negative momentum. So is in most of the commodity indexes. The only one has been gold that's been positive, and corn. You know, corn and wheat just went up huge. Uh, I mean, corn went up like eighteen x's, went from uh, three thirty six to. Uh, 436, which in the commodity world would be, would have been a home run if you were long it, especially if you were using the futures market. Um, so corn has been positive for four straight weeks. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, because I, I, I saw this in Spectrum the other day, and Spectrum said it was the wettest 12 months in Ohio history. Uh, now, if that's the case in Missouri and Oklahoma and Iowa, where we have our corn and wheat fields, uh, we got a, probably a pretty big problem on our hands as far as wheat and corn prices coming up. But if if corn were to break above four thirty six, it would be a you know like a like four five 
a quintuple spread top dating back to, you know, 2015, which would be, that would be huge. Trust me on that. Uh, and let's talk about relative strength buy signals. You know, we always talk about this because uh, it's, it's important stuff. When, when they, these happened, you got to pay very close attention because sometimes these can stay for a long, long time. I mean, I've seen uh, Danaher gave relative strength buy signal on my first show, and it's still on relative uh, uh, strength buy signal, and that's, uh, we're, we're talking 14, 15, uh, 16, 17 years, right? So um, Aptar Group uh, is industrial goods. That's been showing up on my charts, too. Uh, also, Goldfields Limited, another uh, gold company. Uh, Dollar General, Renaissance Holdings, Spirit Realty Corp. My Medics Group, which is finally turned around, that was a it got beat up. SeaWorld Entertainment, Geneseo Biosciences, Lentheus Holdings, and Apolis uh, Pharmaceuticals. That broke like four or five tops too, by the way. Now we're also going to talk about sell signals. This doesn't say you have to run out and sell a thing. You're going to go out and better check your fundamentals though to make sure. Uh, Huntsman Chemical, Designer Brands, Altasource por- Portfolio, Methanix, Movado Corp. Marathon Oil, Phillips Van Heusen, Capri Holdings, Reading International, China Petroleum and Chemical Corp., American Outdoor uh, Brands Corp., uh, Biongo Wireless. That's, that's been a, I mean, it went from two to like 30 and it came back. Uh, WPX Energy, Marcus and Milchap, AMC Entertainment, uh, ExoBio, Liberty Media, Advancic and consolidated energy. So that's quite a list. Uh, and I look, I'll just say this. A lot of these are value stocks. You know, they're in the oil or the chemical uh, or that type of business. And like I said, I'm, I'm starting to see this, you know, I've been talking about value versus growth. And I said, I haven't seen a top yet in growth. Well, uh, this week, you know, they, on Tuesday, they took out the Fang stocks and shot them. And uh, now comes the, the hard part. You've got to figure out what's value and what's growth uh, because it's not always, you know, uh, you know, you can't see it with a common eye some, sometimes. Is, is Coca-Cola value or growth? You know, I've seen it defined both ways. Is Microsoft value or growth? So uh, it'll be interesting. All right, stay tuned. We're going to talk about insiders. Uh, this is Smart Investor Show. Children are our hope, our joy, and our future. But with Batten disease, there is no future. Batten disease is a rare neurodegenerative disease affecting infants and small children. It's a progressive genetic disease that causes blindness, seizures, loss of motor skills, mental deterioration, and short life expectancy. Batten disease is always fatal, and there is no treatment and no cure. You can help save children's lives by making a donation for vital research by calling 1-614-973-6013 or go to bdsra.org today. Your donation will bring hope for a cure to families of children with Batten disease. Call today and save children's lives. Give children with Batten disease hope for a future. Learn more about Batten disease at bdsra.org. Go to bdsra.org or call 1-614-973-6013 to make your donation today. Thank you for your donation. Batten disease takes away childhood and then takes away the child. This week in the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt, brought to you in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Through commemorations this past week, 
one of shameful and tragic events. There are more Chinese who don't know about Tiananmen than do. Isn't that interesting? Join us for our program and sign up for our podcast at townhallreview.com. Saturday and Sunday at 6 p.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Okay, we're back. Uh, if you just tuned in, we um, we mentioned this again. Uh, if you'd like to hear the whole show, uh, go to WHK1420 and go to local podcasts and then down to Tim Hayes. Uh, by the way, go directly to my webpage from right there, too. Uh, and uh, usually it's uh, Tuesday afternoons. I think uh, a gentleman was on vacation this week who uh, normally does it, so uh, it, it got on a little bit late. Uh, but... Uh, normally it's Tuesday afternoons. Uh, they usually do a pretty good job here, so I'm not going to give him a hard time. He's a great guy. Um, anyway, now we talk about insiders. And insiders are usually a little bit smarter than we are because they know more than we do. Okay, And, you know, you, you sell stock to buy, you know, your your new house, your new car, kids' education, whatever it may be. You buy stock on the open market for one reason. To make money. So let me say it again. You buy stock on the open market for one reason. To make money. And I am tell you, I've been doing this a long time. And I have been using the same methodology for a long, long time. And if you don't think it works, for those of you, uh, Murata, MRTX, we, we talked about uh, a major insider buy. It's up $26 in two weeks. Or LaJolia Pharmaceuticals. La, I'm sorry, I said La Jolia. It's La Jolla, one of my clients told me. La Jolla Pharmaceuticals was $5. Major insider buying. It hit 10 and a half Friday. That's two weeks, folks. It's not bad money. All right, now this is Jack Schuler who bought uh, Accelerated Diagnosis just a couple weeks ago. He bought uh, uh, 4 or $5 million worth, and he already owns about uh, 25 million shares. And this is an interesting one. It's called Y10 or yield 10 biosciences. And what is trying to increase the yield of crops? And this is like a 70 cent stock. And he bought $10 million worth of it. And he already owns like 25% of the company. So yield 10 is what it's called. And then CNX resources. Um, I see that a director bought 1.4 million. Um, and then we talk about Kevin Tang. And remember, he just recently bought Odinate Therapeutics. Uh, the stock went, is now up 45% since his first purchase, and he just bought another $2.3 million worth. He now owns 13 million shares. As I've said before, Kevin Tang is a very smart man. Remax, now this is interesting. In the in the financial property management group, it got beat up a little bit. Uh, it was $45, now $39. Uh, several people um, in the Lemon family bought uh, stock the four times to the tune of $5.4 million. And then uh, two days later, bought another. Uh, there was two buyers of a uh, one one million or two point 
$1.02 million. Ron Perlman's at it again, Revlon. Every time it gets to 20, between 18 and 21, he buys more. He bought $1.2 million, then the next day bought another 635000 Now, here's one that we haven't seen any insider buying in a long, long time, and that's American Airlines. And uh, their CEO and chairman bought a $1 million. Uh, then their president bought $416,000, and four others, uh, including the CFO, bought $138,000. So uh, that's the first time they've bought in a long time. Uh, our friend uh, uh, Randall Kirk has bought another $203,000 uh, uh, in Trexon, that's X-O-N, and uh, then he bought another 665000 the day after. So he continue, he's been buying it for like two, three weeks now. And Teva, which has just got killed uh, on this opiate thing, the chairman, Saul Bear, and you should look that guy up, too, because he's pretty smart. He bought a, a million dollars worth and then bought another million dollars at, at around $9.20. And then um, uh, Galactin Therapeutics, one director, bought $19.9 million. That's a large chunk of change, folks. And then this is the first time I've seen anybody buy this stock in almost four years. They bought, they bought an oil company, and they, they did the wrong thing. But the C, uh, CEO, president, and vice chair of Freeport McMoran bought $1.7 million worth. It's the first buy in five, six, seven years. So I'm, I guess it's seven, eight years. Um, Evolis, which is an interesting company. They have uh, kind of a substitute uh, for uh, the injectable stuff that makes your lips look better. I, can't, I just I just went blank. I apologize. But so there's a company called Alfian who sold 1.2 million shares and the CEO bought it from him. So he now owns 1.29 million shares. Uh, now, back in May, we talked about this company. Alfian sold 5.3 million shares and a director bought 628,000 shares. Then the, another director bought 40,000 shares. So we do have a seller and a buyer, but I think once the seller goes away, they could get really interesting. And then uh, Global Eagle Entertainment which is a 54 cent stock. We had a director buy 1.2 million and then uh, searchlight capital by 1.5 million. So um, <laughs> you wonder about 50 cent stocks, but there's a lot of them out there right now uh, because of the way the fed's been taking money out of the system. And then uh, Aurora capital uh, bought $9.25 million worth of immumedics. Then they bought, uh, that was three days action. Then they bought $6 million and they bought $3.1 million. Now that was a $25 stock back in September is now a $12.84 stock. So uh, I will say this in insiders, I've been doing this a long time and uh, I've never seen this many insiders buy stock. Never. Uh, and it's, so there we go. So uh, I, my good friend, Bob Dickey, who's our technical strategist, uh, came up with a good piece this week. And he talked about just some, he just wanted to review things. He said interest rates, the 10-year yield has fallen sharply, uh, but we believe it has good support around the 2% level uh, with resistance now at 2.4, which means we're going to have interest rates lower for longer. We're still in a downtrend, still in a downtrend for interest rates going back 30 years. Oil, there's some support around 50, but we think the strongest long-term support is down around 42 the trend has been accelerating lower, possibly a climax bottom, which would be, uh, you know, probably dollar related, I would think. Uh, gold, the trend is improving, but the resistance still, the 1350, 1360 area, which is what I said, is heavy. And a breakout would be significantly bullish in our opinion. 
Another silver. We think the trend of silver remains weak with no clear bottom uh, and is underperforming gold by a large mar- margin. You'd like to see those two move together. The trend on natural gas continues to hit new long-term lows with no apparent bottom. Believe me, folks, there's like 400 years of natural gas out there. They're starting to build natural gas uh, power plants now, which is the brightest things any we've done in a long, long time. The dollar, uh, we still think, is a longer-term rising trend, but uh, slowly, more recently, with support resistance areas of 96. It closed at 96.4 on Friday, so 98 would be the resistance area. The Canadian dollar is holding support at 0.74. Emerging markets, we still see a long-term bottoming trend, and I agree with all those statements, by the way. Now, the overhead resistance and, and lower support levels have defined the market range for the last year. We're still not, we, you know, all those people that are index funds, you haven't made a dime. Uh, by the way, you know, uh, our friends Marshfield are up 19% this year. Um, and you, you just, you're just, you're, you keep hitting, uh, you know, pockets of air is what I, I guess I'm, I'm suggesting. So you get big drops and big bounces, okay? And, and the markets have been volatile on a daily basis. And I, I don't think we're going to get to the end of this until later on this year. And then uh, uh, you'll see what happens. And look, I thought we were going to test 2,400. Then we broke above in, in a quick reaction back up. So it'll be interesting to see if that continues. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things where you hold your breath and then you breathe out. Okay. So the market co- corrections uh, trends for the Dow and the S and P are in place. You know, the question is, are we going to all the way down? Okay. And, and, uh, you usually don't have a correction like you did in the fall without testing the low again, okay? It's about that simple. So, you know, look, uh, as I said last week, one, I looked at the Vanguard Global Growth Fund, and uh, much to people's dismay, you know, one-third of the growth fund is in bear markets. Uh, 58% is in uh, correction territory, which is 10% or more. So there's a lot of growth stocks taking it on the cuff, and I'm seeing more and more stocks, you know, getting uh, beat up, uh, you know, very, very quickly. So, you know, I, I think you've you got to be careful. Now, this is all in a long-term uptrend in the Dow and the S&P. Uh, now, the NASDAQ broke out for about four minutes and then came right back down in. And so, you, you know, that's the type of st- stuff we're seeing. Now, internationally, um, you know, we're seeing some a, a series of, of early uh, hurdles here because, you know, we've got this NAFTA trade agreement with you, with Mexico. So we got these Mexican tariffs coming on because they're trying to get some help uh, stemming the flow of immigrants uh, over the walls, you know, and uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how these, uh, uh, these tariffs work uh, on the market. We'll know Monday. Okay. So what would you do right now? Well, I tell you, Healthcare again is really, really cheap, and we had a healthcare conference, and there's some really, really, really good ideas from the healthcare conference. I have both days wrap up, and I think it's definitely worth your read. I would also start to look at the dividend growth portfolios. Uh, you know, the stocks haven't rallied like the bonds. So if if you can get two percent from a bond and pay thirty percent to the government or twenty percent to twenty five percent to the government. And you can get a dividend that's yielding 3.5%. Prime income list is 4.4. Okay? 4.4%. And you only pay 15% taxes. And I'm not sure about Obamacare again. i got to ask an accountant about that. 
whether because you, you you know Obamacare added three percent to it. You know it was free, right? <laughs> anyway. Uh, so the prime income list in the dividend growth portfolio has some good names on there. There's a couple that I really, really like. Um, we have our best ideas list, our ADR list. Like I said, the, the, the foreign stocks are starting to come on. I've, I've done really well with three stocks in that area. Uh, and I would just suggest that, uh, I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. I do not want to send the bond list out because unless you want municipals, uh, if you want tax free, you know, from state and federal tax, the municipal bond list is a good place to be right now. I think the three to seven year area looks really, really good to me. Uh, I don't think I'd go long right at the moment. Um, you know, because right now the the municipal is actually yielding more than the treasury <laughs> in those areas. So, you know, you get tax free both from federal and state tax, and uh, that that's a pretty good deal right now. So, I would I'd look at that also. So, dividend growth, prime income list, those places, best ideas, the. American Depository Receipt List, our foreign stocks, uh, great ideas right now, and then the healthcare conference. Uh, it, was a, it was a great conference, and not many people attended, which is very bullish. Anyway, it's the weekend. Enjoy yourself. It's supposed to be beautiful today, and uh, in the meantime, remember, buy low, sell high. This is Tim Hayes in the Smart Investor Show. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888 888- 223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes.